Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back, everyone, to Podside Picnic. This, of course, is Carlo, and uh, today I have uh, a returning guest, none other than Maddie Lewis. Hi, Maddie. How are you doing? Hey, Carlo. I'm doing good. Uh, happy to be here. Still coming for uh, Kurt and Emma's spot. <laughs> this is just going neck and neck. This is like this is like the Laugh Olympics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just like the the three lines just sort of vying for the top spot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, all right. pretty much. Um, that, that was a deep cut. I don't know if anyone uh, – there might be people too young to know what the Laugh Olympics are that are listening in right now. But, I think I might be too young to know what that reference is. Oh, shit. I've been called out right on my podcast, folks. Um, Laugh Olympics is just basically – it was like a, a an Olympic event that was uh, – was it – uh, it was like all the Hanna-Barbera characters lumped together into like an, a, a quote Olympics, hence the Laugh Olympics. Uh, I believe that they were um, also divided up into like, uh, I forget, the Scooby-Doobies, uh, the something-somethings, and then, of course, the villains were all lumped together and the really rottens. Uh, that was it. That, that, that was, you know. And of course, it wasn't it being cartoons. It wasn't all sort of like Olympic, actual Olympic events. It was just sort of Olympics. I don't know. <laughs> Crossing bridges. I don't know. It doesn't really sure, matter. Sure, why not? I mean, you're, you're what? Like, you're watching this. You might be a kid. You don't know what the Olympics are. It's like, it's sports. I don't know. <laughs> Why do people do these things? Why do people think that running fast is important? Um, but anyway, uh, we're, not to, we're not here to talk about Laugh Olympics. We're here to talk about the 2015 movie, The Lure. A, a, actually, a 2015 uh, horror musical. Um, coming out of Poland, right? Um, directed by I, 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 folks. I I hope that no one's going to take offense at this. I do not speak Polish. I think Maddie will attest to not speaking Polish either. We are probably going to offend (laughs) with our pronunciation, so please forgive us. But uh, this movie was, uh, as I'm reading it here, directed by Agnieszka Smoginska. Or something to that effect. Um, yeah, and the first name I know how to say. I have a friend who that's her aunt's name is Agnieszka, I think, but I don't know how to say the last name. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm also clueless. Um, but uh, you know, basically, this is like a, a weird Polish take on The Little Mermaid, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so um, you had seen this before, right? This is my first time watching it, uh, but you had seen this before, right, uh, Maddie? Yeah, I had. um, 
I actually had, I finally watched the movie for the first time after actually owning the Blu-ray for like months. And I finally was like, you know what? I bought this Blu-ray like whenever the last time the Criterion sale was at Barnes and Noble, I think in the summer. And then I, I watched it for the first time a couple weeks ago. Um, and it was uh, at the the urging of our mutual friend uh, Raquel S. Benedict. Um, she, I think, actually on the, the the last podcast I did with her, with Bright Good, she was like, "Have you seen the Lure?" And I was, you know, shamefully admitting that, like, <laughs> I have it and I've had it for a while now, but I've not watched it yet. No, and I finally, uh, after after she bullied me enough, um, I finally did watch it. I'm guessing you you felt like those those people that live in Orlando, and when people ask, "Do you go to Disneyland all the time?" And you're like, mm, "No, <laughs> no." <laughs> I mean, uh, setting aside the the theme park itself, just like just because it's there doesn't mean you're going there all the time. But yes, I, I no, I, I, I have know, a I know that feeling, feeling fully. Yeah, I, I have, I have a, an absolutely are, just like. I was gonna say with books, I'm like I've had books that I have got like years ago and have not cracked open yet. <laughs> yeah, it's I I've, I think that the issue with me is that eventually I feel guilty for not actually doing it, and then that just makes it more complicated to like actually start doing it. And you're like, uh, I could start it, but I haven't started in so long. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Um, this was my first time watching this and, um, I, I honestly had no idea what to expect and I feel like that might be the best way to approach this. Just, just go in fucking cold, man. It is, it is truly a weird, sort of gross, often chintzy, <laughs> uh, uh, movie, not chintzy itself. I think that the sets all sort of capture a certain chintziness in, in this, like in what their alternative eighties era pro Poland would be. Right. Uh, cause like yeah. the, 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 this is a little deviation from like the little mermaid in the sense that there's it's two sisters, uh, and one of them would be the usual, you know, like the Ariel or, or is Ariel the name in the original Hans Christian Andersen? I don't uh, think she story? has a name in the original Hans Christian, Christian Andersen movie. And to be perfectly honest, um, I'm not sure at the time that that story was written. Ariel was actually even used as a female name because it mm. used to be a man's name. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I, I don't I don't recall whether or not she has, um, whether or not the mermaid even has a name in the original fairy tale. Well, um, I'm sure that everyone's familiar with the Disney-fied version, sadly, uh, and not the original. Tragically. Yes. Uh, I mean, fun little Maddie trivia. Yes. The Disney Little Mermaid is my actual, like, if I had to pick, if you said, hey, Maddie, what is your least favorite movie? What movie do you hate the most? It actually is the Disney Little Mermaid. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Uh, any, any, I mean, let me, let me, let me, as if I were five years old, let me ask you, but why Maddie, why do you hate the little mermaid from Disney so much? Uh, because I actually heard the Hans Christian Andersen story much before I saw the Disney movie and I was very upset that, uh, no one turned to sea foam and it, it just kind of was, it took Everything that was like 
bittersweet or poignant or emotional about the Anderson story and just like made it nice. Did the Disney thing. I think it might be actually one of their one of their worst like sanitizations, even though it's not like as um it's not as like extreme as like how sanitized uh like Snow White or Cinderella is from mm-hmm. like the older sources. The the difference isn't as extreme except for tonally. Mm-hmm. And the tone of the original story was really like I loved Hans Christian Andersen as a, a like small kid. Um uh so it was it was like, oh, they took something that was really special to me and they ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> they added too much fucking sugar to it. That's what they did. <laughs> they did. Um, but I, I feel like this movie is a a harsh left turn from that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like even from the get go, you get that little scene where they're they're in the water. It's nighttime. They're watching some people dance on the beach. And and let me let me clarify something before I, I I set the scene any further. I had to stop a moment and look up and I was like, "Wait, Poland's landlocked, right?" And I was like, "Oh, so these are like just like basically like rivers, lakes, all that good stuff." So it must have been some sort of lake or river and there's they're just watching these people dance on the beach and starting to sing. And I'm like, oh shit, they're gonna do the siren thing and they're gonna lure them in. No, no. I mean, yes, they do, but also they 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 just have a, a cut. That's just like like the prologue, and it just cuts to like uh the the leader the lead singer of the band, uh played by it's Kinga Priest or Price, uh, who then launches into a full-on staring at the camera rendition of "I Feel Love" by Donna Summer, which then really just it it just becomes so surreal to me. <laughs> it was just like, what is going on? Yeah, it's definitely a the 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 cut between those scenes is a very very hard tonal shift, um, and it is a little disorienting. I think intentionally, I. I think one of the things I like about this movie is it kind of marries, even from the first, that first scene when they're on the beach, it kind of marries the, um, the Anderson story, which is kind of, even though it's, you know, it's a very sad story, it's still sort of a, a a more kid friendly version of what mermaid folklore has looked like previous to it. Um, And then like kind of the older, like nastier, uh, folklore where mermaids are like, yeah, we're kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, 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 and murderous. And, yes, murderous, Spoilers. carnivorous. Yes. I mean, uh, I was thinking of, um, is it the Vodianoi? Uh, or the, uh, I, I think, I don't think it's like Polish specifically. It's like a Slavic uh, type of, I guess you would call it like a, what would be similar to like a, a nymph or something to that effect. Oh, um, Rusalka, which I'm Rusalka. probably not pronouncing correctly. Vodunoy, right. I think, is something else. Maybe. Least, I could be yeah. wrong. I mean, it could be just regional as well, because uh, there's a lot of, um, uh, a lot of like weird uh, confluences of different things. Yeah, the Vodunoy is a, it's a Slavic. Oh, it is a water spirit. 
It's a water spirit, yeah. But I, I don't know that, that it's supposed man. to be. Yeah, yeah. It's like Rusalka it, the, the, are the 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 women, I think. Yes, yes. They they there isn't a famous painting uh with like a, a whole procession underwater, which is great. Um that that immediately comes to mind when you when you say Rusalka to me. But um mm-hmm. But yeah, I think anyway. I know the one you're talking about, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the like, artist, but I think I know the one. Uh, nearly, it's a, sort of like a almost impressionistic type of painting. I, I'd have to look it up. But anyway, the the point being that um, the the they then become part like backup singers for the band, <laughs> which is a funny and weird and sort of and like how it ends up happening. The nightclub owner has to inspect them. Because it's an adult entertainment bar, and that you know, it's sort of gross. <laughs> but then they they sort of dis he forces them to disrobe and stuff, and he's like, "What's why? Why do you need to disrobe if they're going to be singing?" But I guess he's thinking about something else. I don't know. Uh, and uh, and the I I really really enjoyed the the. There, this is mostly, I think almost all of it is practical effects. Um, and they really, really make it work within the constraints that they have, right? I don't feel like this had a huge budget. I have to look at. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's, no, there's no budget here listed in their page. But yeah, I, I'm going to guess that they didn't have like a, you know, they didn't have like Disney bucks to do all this CGI oh, no. bullshit. Um, so it's really sort of interesting to watch, uh, th- that they just basically take some water and pour it on their, on like their, from the waist down, like they're at waist and legs and it's, they pan, they, they cut back and it's like these gigantic, like almost eel like tails, uh, instead of like, you know, a, a traditional, the cute little ain't... aerial flipper. Yeah. 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 It just looks like really weird and off-putting, but also like the 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 the, oh, the thing that drives me crazy is the um, the nightclub owner's assistant is like, oh yeah, if you look here, and he's like, parts like these scales is like, oh that's that's their little vagina, I guess, or whatever you want to call a, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like maybe a cloaca. I, I don't know. I'm not sure fish anatomy that well. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're probably I don't know what right. eels like, do. Yeah. It's probably more of a cloaca. Although uh, don't forget eels themselves do not actually, <laughs> no one knows how eels reproduce. So maybe that's what they're doing oh. here. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's not as graphic as the, uh, the mermaid pussy in the lighthouse, which is like really <laughs> in your face. But it's still pretty, um, pretty upsetting. <laughs> well, I think it's the 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 thing was sort of really uncanny to me is that when they disrobe, they're basically Barbie dolls. They have absolutely oh, nothing. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's sort of like almost like you can tell it's like they're they're just wearing like flesh colored leotards that have been sort of like you know sort of they've used some makeup to make it look. Uh, to to blend in, but at the same time, it's just mm-hmm. like the uncanniness of it is like really off putting. And it's like, no, don't pour water in it. That makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know that 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 scene where they're like they actually strip, and you realize like they don't have like genitals. And I think one of them actually like kind of bends over, and like mm. they don't have like buttholes either. Yes, <laughs> it's just like well, this seems like an excessive detail, but um, okay, <laughs> we'll roll with it. 
I, I yeah. Well, I mean, it, I mean, it, it all is also like these the the type of thing that you would imagine that a a creature that is a shapeshifter that just needs to pass enough. Uh, would yeah. wouldn't bother like why do you need anatomy? You're you're not really human, so fuck it. Like you're you're gonna be in water yeah. soon enough anyway. Yeah, to that effect, I think it really works. Um, and it is very off-putting. And there's also just like the sense of like not completeness of them when they're mm. in their their people forms and not their mermaid forms. Um, which is an important plot point later. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like visually, like it's it's not super like it's not like super gross or super weird. It's like just off enough. Mm-hmm. Like. If you're looking at one, if, like if you like look for just like just a split second and don't look in that much detail, you know, it, it maybe it's just. A girl who's just, you know, waxed it all off, but then you realize, oh, there's there's not none anything there. There's not it's not that there's not not any pubes, there's just nothing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well that that's the thing, right? It's it is that um I, I what I would imagine that uh that like the original sort of like the prehistoric revulsion that we have against the the uncanny would have been like something that's just slightly off enough, you know. To really sort of like, hmm, wait, what? No, <laughs> let's stay away from that. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I think part of part of it also is enhanced uh, in part by uh, because the the sisters are gold and silver, and I'm gonna fuck this up. Uh, golden and silver. Okay, so golden is played by Michalina Oljanska or something to that effect. And silver it becomes like the Ariel character, right? Uh, she's played by Marta yeah. Maz- Mazurek, and Marta is very like in this movie seems very fair, like one of these people that's f- so fair that they don't seem to have eyebrows if the light hits them the right way, and she's got mm-hmm. a very particular face, and like these, uh, it's 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 just a combination of features that under the right lights and of course everything here is mostly under like fluorescent lights which is so unflattering to everyone (laughs) so Mm -hmm. uh she looks like silver specifically looks very strange like even when she's uh, extremely light hair and extremely fair skin but her eyes Mm -hmm. are very dark which is a little unusual looking it reminds me of like that line from uh, Jaws, like a doll's eyes. Yeah. Oh my god, I can see that. <laughs> it's so. And I don't know like, if that's oh. like. I don't know how much. How much of that? I. I don't know what she looks like outside of this movie. So I don't know how much of that is just how she looks, and how much of it is stuff they intentionally played up for the movie. But uh, there's definitely like she's styled in such a way that. She looks very sweet and very innocent, but like also kind of creepy. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 actually looking at some photos. Uh it I don't think that they uh they I don't think that they necessarily uh did too much because it's there. She probably was just wearing uh contacts that were just slight like black contacts that were slightly too large. Mm-hmm. And that's all you need. Really. <laughs> Honestly, that's all you need. Because again, I think it goes back to that like it's it's uncanny just a little bit. 
just yeah, not it's like not, something that mm-hmm. not monstrous. Not but, with, no, go ahead. Yeah, she doesn't have like a like like slit pupils or anything like or like golden or like reddish eyes or like anything like obviously not natural. It's just her eye color is unusually dark for her hair color and complexion, and her irises just look just a little bit big and. Um, that it probably is like a contact or something. Yeah. But anyway, um, so yeah, like, and the thing that like, I wasn't expecting it to be like, I wasn't sure even though it was on the tin, so to speak, like I wasn't sure how they're going to pull off it being a musical, but it really sort of works. It's not, I don't feel like a lot of it is a lot of the musical numbers are intrusive either. You know, it's sort of like this weird, there's a, a weird, some of them are surreal or like weirdly very musical in the sense that they're conveying sort of like narrative in a heightened sense. In a song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of them are actually just straight up their diegetic. Like it's a performance within the context of the movie. So they kind of mix the two, um, which is kind of interesting because usually I feel with most musicals I've seen. Uh, there are a few exceptions, but most of them that I've seen are either the songs are pretty much all diegetic, like a cabaret kind of thing, mm-hmm. right. or the songs are pretty much all non-diegetic, where they're all just meant to, you're like, you're not meant to watch the musical and assume that it's like in in real life, the people are just bursting out singing. It's just here, these uh, like heightened moments of emotion or like important plot points and they're going to sing it instead of talk it. But it's kind of understood to not really be like the real world. But this one kind of blends both of those things. And it's interesting because I think I've seen a couple other musicals that do that, but not many. Mm-hmm. Well, I, like, I the think only other also- one I can think of like off the top of my head is off the off the top of my head is Phantom of the Opera. But that's also set in an opera so <laughs> well i mean i think that this is interesting in the sense that it, it gives itself an excuse to have this music around right because it's taking place mostly in this bar following this band you know sort of like playing at this chintzy sort of bar slash discotheque or something to that effect uh but also then it it thematically sort of really like the the real and the musical or the heightened reality of the the musical numbers really sort of work in the sense that this is what the mermaid sisters are sort of always living with right they they're both they they have pardoning the pun they have a foot in both worlds right uh mm-hmm. in the water and on the land and uh, and as the um, like one of the first musical numbers is the immediately the divide between Golden and her sister Silver uh, becomes apparent because Golden has, uh, if I'm remembering the the lyrics correctly, that she has these urges that are not quite wholesome is the 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 line uh, if I'm remembering correctly, and so she you know she starts. Um, she takes a guy from the bar, you know, becomes very forward with him and they drive out next to a river to the point, you know, and uh, she just starts munching on him because, you know, that's what she does. And let me say that the 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 weird teeth prosthetics that they wear are very effective. It's like, uh, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, they're um extremely off-putting and I... I think actually that's probably the best like killer mermaid teeth I've seen in a movie. And I've actually seen 
a couple movies that use them because I'm a sucker for mermaid films. But um, yeah, they actually look really good. They're they're very very gross looking, um, and it's not like if you've seen like uh, the, I haven't seen the whole movie, but I've seen like gifs or whatever of the the mermaids in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie that has mermaids where, mm-hmm. you know, they show their little fangies and it's actually just kind of cute. Um, these look grotesque. Well, yeah, they, they look sort of like, um, not exactly. They're, they're longer. Uh, they're, they're sort of like if Nosferatu. Like an anglerfish. Yeah. Like if a Nosferatu oh, had seen, yeah. like lamprey teeth, you know? And they're yeah. sort of snaggle tooth, but also needle teeth as well. So you get yeah, like a, I thought like a like an angler fish yeah. or a viper fish, like one of those really gross deep sea fish with super freaking long teeth. Yeah, that too. That too. I mean, it, it's 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 a great effect, and it's it's probably like just here, just stick these in your mouth. <laughs> You're gonna stick these in your mouth for for this scene, and it works. You know, it works like gangbusters. I gotta say. Because it is like I think with everything else, it really works. Um, but yeah, so then uh, and so then Silver immediately becomes sort of smitten by uh, is it the bassist? I forget uh, Jacob Girjol, I believe. Yeah, he's the bassist of the band. Uh, I never, uh, I guess, I never realized or thought: uh, are the band members related to each other, or are they just sort of like band members? I don't know. I assumed they were just like band members. Yeah, me too. I, I just wasn't entirely sure. Um, uh, in part because uh, because uh, the the lead singer is uh, sort of looks like Jacob a little bit, but it doesn't really matter. I don't think it's really explicitly told anywhere in the film. It's just sort of like a supposition. I was like, wait, are they related? But no. I don't think you, I think you're right. Um, anyway, um, so she becomes uh, Silver becomes smitten with Jacob, uh, and it's he, a, that's the actor's name. The character yeah, is you're, uh, you're right. Mitek. Is it Mitek? Although I wish it was J- Mitek. I wish it was Jacob because that's easier to say. But <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'll take Mitek. Um, but yeah, so uh, she becomes smitten with Mitek, and uh, he seems to be, you know, sort of interested in her. He he responds, he reciprocates, um, and uh, you know, as things progress, like uh, I believe uh, Golden meets like a guy, like a punk singer who's named Triton, <laughs> and I wasn't entirely it's pretty sure. on he's, the nose. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's another mermaid too, right? Or a mer mer guy, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, yeah, merman. <laughs> Uh, but he's got like a bunch of like scars on his head and he's like showing them off. And, um, and it's just sort of like a weird, uh, he's like a really weird dude, but then he, he like shows an interest in her and invites her to, I guess, a jam. And, uh, she thinks she's doing okay, but then like she gets into a rivalry with the other singer that's there they, you know, and, and then like later on, she, I guess she's crushed because he's like, yeah, you were, uh, you need to practice. <laughs> it's like, damn, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it. There's <laughs> a little, it, yeah, it was I a little, the, no, go ahead. It was, it's pretty little harsh. I actually thought though, kind of along those lines, this, the actual singing in this movie, like the music itself, it, 
It's interesting in that, like, it fits when you're watching the movie, but -hmm. it's not really all that catchy. Like, it's not like, you know, it's not like you leave, um, you know, you don't leave, you don't leave Wicked and not have some of the songs stuck in your head for a couple days afterwards. This It's like in your ear, out the other. They're nice while you're, like, they're good while they're in fun when you're listening to them, but they're not really super memorable. Um, and actually, neither of the girls are particularly good singers, I don't think. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting, because usually with, um, when you've got, like, mermaid or siren kind of character, they try, like, really hard to make them sound good. But um, they both sound, like... The best comparison that I can think of is they sound like girls in a you know a middle school or high school choir class who you know will probably be really good if they get some lessons and start taking it seriously but just like aren't really there yet that's kind of what they sound like right right they have like talent but they've never really uh you know sort of practiced or they have not really done anything to make themselves better yeah i agree with you because like that that opening scene they sound good together uh, but it does sound very mm-hmm. much like, you know, young girl singing, which, you know, you, you've got, a good, you've got a good actually. Enough. Yeah. I mean, and, and you've got a good voice, innately good voice. You're going to sound okay, but it doesn't sound like, you know, specifically bewitching or, you know, like super, you know, like it, it's not casting a spell on anyone. It's just simply like they're, they're trying to lure someone and, not very well because they they don't. <laughs> That's how they end up being backup singers in a band. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, so I guess we could probably uh, j- maybe jump ahead a little bit to uh, how Silver then decides to make the the sort of like take the the leap right. And she decides that she wants to have legs for real, like a real, you know, she wants to have a bottom. Uh, I don't think that there's any other way to to say it other than, yeah, she gets like basically bottom surgery. And they saw off her fish parts and basically uh, surgically attach someone else's, you know, like, uh, torso, you know, bottom or from the waist down, like like waist down, yeah. And it's also that scene is, oh my god, it's fantastic, but it's also like super gross. <laughs> it rocks. Uh, it, it's amazing. Yeah, this was it's, when I was well, I was watching this movie. I was like, okay, you know, because uh, until that really happens, there's nothing that's really all that grotesque, other than Golden like chowing down on the guy that she like takes out to the river. But even that, like, you don't really see it. It's pretty much, like, discretion shots. Um, that, uh, the surgery scene, I'm like, oh, God, this is actually, okay, I see why this is a horror movie now. Before, I was kind of like, well, dark fantasy, maybe. But- right. right, right. I mean, this this one really sort of uh, hits home. And then um, the scene right after that, where she's sort of, uh, you know, like, doing her little, I guess her therapy little exercises, session. yeah, yeah. Little exercises, physical therapy, and stuff like that. And then uh, decide like her the 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 bassist decides that oh he needs to have her now, and like she's still like stapled together, and he's yeah. They they go at it, 
and then he comes away. He's like, he's like sort of slightly disgusted, slightly horrified because like his entire crotch area is like filled with blood. He's like, buddy, what are you expecting? What the fuck? Yeah, she's <laughs> got like practically like yeah, she has all, like. I wasn't sure though if what they were going for there. To be perfectly honest, I was like, are they trying to like just because like you don't really see like her scars bleeding? I'm like. Was that like a, a sex thing or was that like her scars are bleeding? Like, which is what's going on there? I guess according to the Wikipedia, it was supposed to be the surgery scars, but that's not actually where my mind went. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, I think it's, yeah, you're, you're It's right. supposed I to think, be reminiscent of that, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I think they left it ambiguous and it works well, I think, for for what they're trying to go for, which is, you know, just like the fact that he's too impatient and that in and of itself is what uh, makes him sort of recoil. Uh, he, and it's his own damn fault. You know, like, why are you trying to have sex with a woman who's just had surgery? Like, she's still, like, when when she, he, he gets off of her, you can see the fucking staples shining in the light. You're like, Jesus Christ, buddy. <laughs> Give it a rest. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know, like, settle for a handy for a moment or something. Yeah, Christ, man. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, I'm just, I I mean, I uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so that begins sort of like this... uh, the, the whole descent, uh, that, that's sort of like the turning point where he turns away from her. Uh, and I mean, in, in the movie, it's like almost a scene and a half later, he's already sort of turned towards this other, you know, very attractive young woman who uh, he is very infatuated with. Uh, and you're like, Jesus Christ, man. Oh, and, and that's the other thing, right? Uh, I, I'd forgotten that. I guess as part of the uh, the surgery itself, uh, Silver loses her voice, so she can't even talk to him. So it's like very much like she can you know, talk, but she can't sing. She can't sing anymore. Is that, she can't. She can't. Yeah. Well, I know that she can't sing. I I thought that she was also using um using her uh like sign language. Uh, of you know crude sign language it's not i don't think it's real sign language but um gesturing a lot but maybe i got confused um no it yeah no i think she can still talk but she can't sing mm, okay which of course yeah. makes her sister mad right well i mean there's also uh the the up until that point the two sisters also have their own language that they talk to each other through which they use like this very it's very low, like a telekin, like the yeah. clicking of of dolphins mixed with whale mm-hmm. song, and then you know, like it's it's hard to follow because it it is sort of subtitled. But if you're not really sort of paying attention, you can miss it um, because they don't like they they're not like moving their mouths or anything like that. You're like, wait, what's going on? Yeah, here? it's like I I I interpret it to be like like telepathic or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or or just you know like uh, beyond human hearing, even you know if we wanted to get uh, like more scientific about it or whatever. I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. They're talking to each other in a way that no one else can hear, and uh, and then that that communication is cut, if I'm remembering correctly, when she gets the surgery as well, because I guess she she can't sing, she can't do that either. 
Um, and that just sort of puts both of them at, on edge as well, because also she, uh, am I forgetting, or did this happen before or after where they, they have the fight, the two sisters after I think. Right. Okay. Uh, I was pretty sure there was after because she was, uh, basically she, um, so golden goes back to Triton who advises her that, uh, he had advised her before and then reemphasizes that if silver get you know falls in love with with the bassist and he marries someone else uh by you know by daybreak the next day she will you know disappear she'll turn into sea foam so you know they've been together for all this time uh and you know obviously golden is desperately wanting her sister to save herself. Uh, and that becomes like a point of tension, which is interesting because then once you put in another, another character that cares for the little mermaid character, then it becomes more of a, there's more of a conflict this less of a, I will waste away because I love this person so much. Well, that's actually in the, um, a little bit in the, um, it's more emphasized here because the sister is actually the other major character. But in the Anderson fairy tale, um, when the mermaid sisters realize that she fell in love with the prince and the prince isn't going to marry her, they all uh, sell their hair actually to the sea witch to um, have a, in, an exchange for a dagger. And if she kills the prince with the dagger, then she can return to being a mermaid or otherwise mm, she'll turn okay. to sea foam and she loves him. So she can't do it. Mm. Yeah. I, it's, it's weird because uh, I, I, I'd read the little mermaid ages and ages ago. And that is one part. I feel like even, even though you're telling me this and I, I recognize it, it, it doesn't hit quite as hard as, as like this particular conflict well yeah because the sisters they just like kind of show up like Mm -hmm. i don't they're not they're not there the whole story so since this whole story is about the relationship between the two sisters the care that golden has for silver is a lot more i guess more poignant because you actually see the characters interacting and you understand even though golden is like kind of bad like she's really possessive (laughs) and violent and just like she's not really a very good person but she does seem to really care about although honestly you know with the interpretation of that character it's hard to say if it's like does she just care really fiercely about her sister because that's her sister and that's someone she loves or is it more like I care about my sister because I've never been without my sister and I don't know who I will be without my sister. Like it's it's hard to tell like if she loves her sister for her sister or if she loves her sister for her. Yeah. Right. And she's possessive. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great, that is in fact a great detail because it is, it is sort of left ambiguous as well. It's never really spelled out. They don't have like a heart to heart about it. They just fight about it and bicker about it. And then, uh, you know, like basically in the midst of that fight, the, the drummer of the band just like sort of basically cold conks them both. Uh, and, and they wrap them up in, in, in rugs and dump them in the river and, and I guess they tried to be, that's their way of trying to be done with them. Uh, which isn't very nice. 
I, I, you know, it's one of those things that you could get if you were in that situation. <laughs> You're like, wait, these two young ladies. These bitches suddenly, are crazy. Yeah, they're, they're burying their teeth. <laughs> they're throwing each other around and breaking shit. What the fuck? <laughs> we don't know these people. <laughs> we just took them in a couple well, months ago. Well, this is after they, this is also after uh, Golden's, the the first murder victim was discovered. So that's mm. part of why they also think that, that, yeah. That, yeah, and this is actually chronologically before Silver gets her surgery because they, spoiler alert, don't die. They are, you know, are fine. They return to the club and the band actually is like, uh, we're sorry for, you know, thinking we, you know, we're trying to kill you. And it's, it's wild. Yeah, they're, they're like, uh, yeah, about that. Sorry, uh, please forgive us. And the drummer, like, uh, kisses uh, Golden's hand and she's like, oh, yeah, don't worry. We're not mad. And then she bites his, like, one of his th- fingers off at the knuckle. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, it's, it, it is truly wild. <laughs> but yeah, um, so uh, do we go to the end? Yeah. All right. So, you know, obviously I'd, I'd already hinted at this. Uh, uh, what is it? Mitek uh, falls in, you know, apparently gets infatuated, falls in love with, I think it's Nancy is the name of the, um, the character. Um, and it ends in, uh, on this like little river boat done up with lights. It's be- it's lovely scene, you know, but it's also, again, um, not exactly. It's not like the most lavish uh, place to have a wedding either. No, it's, uh, it's like a, uh, it looks like a, a fun budget wedding, not super expensive, but you're mm-hmm. still going to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And on the water and all that good stuff. And uh, he, he gets married and uh, you know, like uh, silver, you know, basically, uh, is happy for him, but also walks off with her little uh, braces and, you know, is like sort of moping uh, on another pier. And then she decides that she's going to go ahead and have, uh, you know, a last dance with him. The the party's done. It's, you know, the, the, the small hours before dawn, just the, the, the sky isn't, isn't light yet, but it's, it's almost there. And she has this little slow dance with him, gives him a kiss. And it, oh my God, that shot is so good. Cause it's like, it's like an over the shoulder. She's like, you know, she's leaning her head against his shoulder. He turns. And as he turns, there had to be a cut there. I didn't see it. There has to be a cut there because as he turns his, his nearest hand to the camera is just full of foam. And he just like turns and he's just like drenched and covered in foam He's like, what the fuck? And then Golden goes crazy and jumps mm-hmm. on him and kills him in retaliation. And uh, ju- and as everyone's sort of shocked, screaming, uh, you know, whatever, whoever's still awake and not completely, uh, uh, you know, passed out drunk. Passed out uh, drunk. Is- yeah, are are sort of like screaming and trying to figure out what's going on. She drags herself back into the river and, you know, sort of like uh, disappears under the, you know, with a ripple under the water. And that's that. Uh, beautiful movie. Honestly, I loved it. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's it's so good. Um, 
Yeah, and I think the 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 little slow dance scene, there's a moment where you kind of wonder, like, is she going to do it? Is she going to kill this guy? Mm-hmm. And she just doesn't. And then you're like, oh, well, that's sad. And I actually, I honestly wasn't even really expecting Golden to just go completely apeshit, but she does. Yes. Um, it's and great. I don't really blame her. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I mean, and, and to be honest with you, I think the question still hangs in the air, you know, like, did she kill him? Because she loved her sister, or did she kill him because she's lost part of herself? Mm hmm. So, and it's never answered. And for that, honestly, I really, really love this movie because it's not trying to convince you to feel, you know, like it's, it's trying to make you sort of disgusted and sad and sort of like revolted in a way, but. It's not trying to explain how you should feel about the sister's relationship. You know, it's not trying to like hold your hand about anything. It's just sort of like, here you go. Here's a bunch of scenes. Okay. Here's your story. You see that? Okay. Bye. Credits. <laughs> and honestly, if there were more movies like that, I think we, we wouldn't have some of the discourse we have these days. Uh, or it would be even more insufferable as people tried to take movies like that and put them into a little little box. Well, you know, um, they're harmful. That it just doesn't fit in. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it promotes uh, harmful stereotypes about mermaids or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> mermaids aren't real. <laughs> Give it up. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. Like, honestly, I, I just am still vibing with this movie. And I saw this hours ago. Like, I finished watching it for the second time hours ago. And I'm still sort of vibing with it. It's really good. Um, I, I, all I can say is, folks, if you haven't seen it yet, go, go rent it out. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's surreal. Be prepared to be grossed out in a couple of point in a couple of points. But that's fine, because this is a horror musical. Yeah, it's it's uh, there. There's not a whole lot of horror musicals out there. So um, this is a good one. Although, like I said, I don't really find the music in it to be that impressive. It works while you're watching the movie, but you're not going to be humming it four days later. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 not walking out, walking, uh, doing your your gardening after you saw this humming. You know, like whatever it is the the hop the hopscotch song that she <laughs> that she sings to the police officer or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, to your point, I think that the probably you know in comparison to something like Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors has much more catchier sort of tunes to it. Uh, but this, that's fine. This is not supposed to be that either. I I actually find that that's kind of a strength of the movie because I feel like if the music was more like catchy and earwormy and like traditional musical type music instead of just like pastiche 80s pop songs in Polish... Uh, I think if it was trying to be more like a traditional musical where the songs are all really catchy and like that's like the highlight of it. I think that some of the other aspects of the the movie, I think the horror would feel lessened. I think you would think less about it thematically and aesthetically. So I think that kind of downplaying the music actually works really well. 
Yeah, I think you have a point there, honestly, because like I, I to your to your exact point, like I I'm not sitting here thinking, oh, that that song was really catchy. I'm thinking like the, like what we've been discussing, which is like the operation scene and what you know, what type of relationship did Golden and ha- and Silver have together before this this entire movie ha- you know happened? Uh, you know, that type of thing stays with you, and it's not it's not sort of um, overshadowed by the the musical numbers that then sort of would end up flattening a lot of that into, oh, look at this cool little musical number. <laughs> Top rap battles of mermaids. You know, no, no it's not, <laughs> not exactly what we're looking for. Can anyway. you imagine Lin-Manuel Miranda's The Lure? Because I think that's the most cursed thing I can imagine. That's, that's the worst thing I've thought of today. You know, I, I, was, I was trying to tiptoe around that because that came to mind. But please, Maddie, do not lathe this into existence. Please uh. do not. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, uh, it... it, it Honestly, like, yeah, just go go rent it out. Watch it. It's a lot of fun. It's gross. It's uh, you know, it's it's got its moments. Uh, but in general, just go see it. Uh, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's one of the most distinctive and kind of like creative movies I've seen in a long time. I really really enjoy it. Uh, I think it's 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 not for nothing that this movie is. Only like six years old, seven years old, and already has a Criterion release. Yeah, I like that's I agree. not for nothing. I agree. I mean, uh, apart from it being like you know a foreign film, um, you know that that isn't it's you know like I'm not one of these people that's like yeah there there's plenty of trash foreign films as well. You know you think oh, yeah, that, for sure. you think you think the foreign countries don't make a bunch of crap too? Uh, come on, uh, but this one really it's a one like, great uh, unifying fact of humankind. <laughs> no matter what your race or nationality. Um, you probably, there are people who make stuff that's just not very good. This, however, is one of the things that is very good. Yeah. I mean, that is the, the essence of Sturgeon's law that, you know, was it 90, 90% of everything is crap. Yeah. It's like 90% everything is bad. (laughs) Yes. is crap. (laughs) Wait, are you telling me a Sturgeon made this law? (laughs) Um, anyway. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) So, um. Yeah, I, I I can't recommend this. I I if you dig gross horror stuff, if you dig gross horror mermaid stuff, check this out, and you will not be disappointed. Honestly, I would say even if you're not normally much of a horror fan, because it's not really scary horror. Like you're mm-hmm. not gonna have nightmares or be like white knuckled on your chair. If you like. <laughs> fairy tales or dark fantasy and you can tolerate a little bit of gore here and there go see it anyway you're not gonna it's it's not a a heartbeat raising kind of horror movie yeah you're yeah you're right you're right it it is i I, i've been saying horror musical but honestly yes it is is more of a dark fantasy thing uh i think the horror aspect of it is more in the in the sense that the mermaids are cannibals and you know, they show them, you know, a couple times eating like red meat, which, you know, you're supposed to assume is directly from a human body. Um, yeah, it's, uh, the horror is more in the thematics and 
some of the concepts than it is actually in like the effect of watching the movie. I can guarantee if you watch this, unless you are particularly squeamish, you will not be scared. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So that's the pod side guarantee, folks. Uh, you can go watch this movie and uh, you probably won't have, unless you are very, very faint of heart, you will not have any adverse effects. Um, in any case, uh, Maddie, where let's, let's uh, ask you, where could we find some of your interesting things? Um, so you can find me. I am one third of the pod hand, which is a podcast that uh, covers Kentaro Mura, the late and great Kentaro Mura's manga berserk, as well as other similar works of art and literature. Um, I also can be found on Twitter at devil's doorbell underscore. Um, and I have a couple things in on um, my Gumroad store, which is also at Devil's Doorbell, though I think without the underscore. Um, and I also have an article in Blood Knife Magazine in, I want to say their April issue from 2021, um, about gender roles in Faustian stories. And I would, I would love it if you'd like to check any of those things out. All right. And so um, just a quick question, because I, I'm, I'm noticing that there's only three fingers on that pod hand. Are you looking for two others? <laughs> you know, <laughs> or is this like a Simpsons hand? <laughs> it's like, I think oh it's my like, God. It, might, it might have to be a Simpsons hand. Sometimes it's hard enough to arrange just the three of us. I can't imagine adding <laughs> oh uh, an God. extra two. Could you imagine like a Simpsons berserk pod hand? God hand, kind of like say. a like a like Bart Kira, but you <laughs> yes. Oh my god! <laughs> Who would be guts in? <laughs> oh, would it be Smithers? <laughs> oh my goodness! No, I, 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 I don't know. That's just not right. I. Oh wait, wait, hold on. It's Grimes. <laughs> you remember the 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 the, the cursed co-worker that uh homer had <laughs> who I lived don't, honestly both- i've not seen that much of the simpsons so i oh, i don't know wow. that character so okay j- j- just to give you a little context and and we could leave it at that as we roll on out of the, the episode but grimes was like a one i think he was like a one episode he's basically he he would be the real life homer if real life rules applied to him he was just like did not have a, a nice life. He, he lived in a, in an apartment that was both below and above a bowling alley. So he hardly ever slept. <laughs> He's just very, oh very sad. He's just very sour that Homer who does absolutely nothing, does not try to be good at his job, uh, is somehow granted this beautiful house, a nice family and everything that comes with his, his entire persona in the Simpsons. So anyway, uh, things do not go well for Grimes. Anyway, uh, that should be it folks. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do want to thank, uh, thank you for coming back on, Maddie. Uh, we, we could extend the invitation again and uh, see if we can challenge Kurt and or Emma, uh, perhaps both of them at the same time, 
uh, in their positions on the Podside Picnic guest lists leaderboards. You know, to be perfectly honest, uh, now I'm just thinking about who I could take in a fight. I think I'd be able to take Kurt before I could take Emma. Emma's tough. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, you know what? I, I think you're right. I, I wouldn't bet, uh, I wouldn't put money on you versus Emma. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I wouldn't put bet money on me versus Kurt either, but. <laughs> that's a, that, I mean, that's, that's a more, uh, that's probably a better bet than, than you versus Emma. I'm going to say. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> And along with this violent, this violent ideation amongst our guests, <laughs> Podside does not condone death matches between its guests on the show. Let me just say that really quickly. <laughs> and uh, I do want to thank you for, for coming back on, Maddie. And uh, thanks again, everyone. Always for listening a pleasure. In. Always, always fun. Uh, and we'll catch you next time, folks, here at Podside. Take it easy. <laughs>